Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest, the greatest edition of Nick's Nonfiction. Nick Munez here. This time around, we are breaking Daniel Kahneman's Thinking Fast and Slow. A New York Times bestseller is from a guy who's won a Nobel Peace Prize. I'd kill for one of those. <laughs> Nothing's impossible. Obunga won one after starting seven wars. <laughs> Too political. Did you hear about the Scarecrow who won the Nobel Prize? He was outstanding in his field. Good for that guy. Daniel is an expert in cognitive biases, behavioral economics, and prospect theory. Prospect theory summarizes the entire book. It's the idea that perceived gains or losses influence actual outcome. Some Penrose versus Wolfram out here. We're going to go deep on Einstein today. Actual outcome. Your thoughts matter. Watch what happens with those. Of course, we're going to make fun of dumb people. The point of the show is to learn how your brain works today. Thinking fast and slow, there's tons of neurocircuitry your teachers didn't tell you about. We're breaking the secret of the brain blast. If Jimmy Neutron is a boy genius, that must make Jimmy Proton a boy retard. Medical fact. Instead of brain blasts, he has brain farts. Jimmy Electron then must be the negative brother. Ladies and gentlemen, plenty of science jokes today. We will be right back. About the author Daniel Kahneman. Born in 1934 in Tel Aviv, his parents then moved to Paris in 1940. Hmm, quite the time to be there. This guy is still alive, 80-something years old escaped to Britain, and his father got nabbed by the Gestapo. I read on. His father died in 1948 of diabetes. The Nazis couldn't kill him, but sugar could. <laughs> Sorry. Daniel attended the Hebrew University of Jerusalem. Yeah, he taught at University of Michigan, Cambridge. He's had eight scientific publications, and this book dropped in 2011. New York Times bestseller. You want to know how to sell a bestseller? Put a girl on the cover and no cover on the girl. <laughs> oh! Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back with the show. Thinking Fast and Slow, Chapter 1, 2, System. The first page of it had a picture of a lady on it. Not too hard looking on the eyes. And the whole point was your brain just went into automatic mode processing the image. You turn to the second page of the book, and there's 20 by 20 faces staring at you, a big pick collage. He says you might estimate a possible range of emotions or start carrying individual faces in your head. Yet we learned this from Tucker Max. At 30, you forget last names. At 60, you forget full people. At 100, you don't even know who people are anymore. Daniel's point, we identify with two systems based on concentration the snap judgment, and then your ability to observe fact. He said subjective experience and observable fact. If you're in a slow brain state, you feel, I feel tired, I feel hungry. If you're in a higher brain state, you're observing fact. I should quell my hunger right now. The quarter quell of the Hunger Games. I should start doing young adult lit. Daniel, he says 99% of choices throughout the day are made with System 1. I feel like this. He says System 2 can change System 1's nature, which is why it's easier to learn. 
than to relearn. Yeah, I'm familiar with that one. This guy. System one, it's you feel things. System two, you're able to think. He did the entire academic study of the kid who they put a guy in a gorilla suit and he walked to buy a basketball game. Nobody noticed because everybody's in their type one state or whatever. He's going where these systems intercept is where you're going to be able to re- reprogram your nature. That's what I'm saying. Actionable change. Who cares about his little cult indoctrination definitions? Actionable change is where the two systems meet. He gave system two tests. So he made his students go through all of this. And that's the only reason it's recognized as legitimate. (laughs) These fucking academics. Like we talked about in the ADHD book. You have a pinhole of focus that you can expand or dilate. Your brain is always calculating the laws of least effort he's going. Yeah. I mean, I like that quote, I'd rather hire a lazy man to do a hard man's work because the lazy guy's got to find out how to do it with minimal effort. (laughs) Classic. Today that joke is just, let's hire robots. The more skilled you get at a task, the less energy it demands of you. So he's saying you got to free up more space so you could use system two more often. We have jobs, Daniel. He says, we have an internal economy of effort, so what can System 2 afford to do that System 1 can't? It can compare attributes of multiple objects. Yeah, without objective fact, you can't be, you got to judge yourself is what's going on here. It's the ability to identify your own feelings. Harmony of the two systems, man, mind, and body. Next subsection was called the lazy controller. He's living in Berkeley. Daniel found a four-mile walking path that he likes to take in the mornings. He finds this 17-minute mile pace that gets the thoughts flowing. He doesn't know where they're coming from. He says, if I go any faster, the internal chatter quiets any slower, and my mind begins to race. Everybody's got their own pace in the rat race. Like, (laughs) bro, I used to run through parking lots. I'm a freak. I gotta go fast. I'm Sonic. That's me getting no traction. Lab tests he were doing were, I don't know, if you do better work, you feel better. It's all about this feeling feedback loop. Quote, when highly mentally depleted people derail from natural diet, adept to impulse purchases, they react aggressively to confirmation and have poor hand grip dexterity. Do a hand grip test everybody's overworked out here they did another test with coffee and sugar in the control group and then the people who didn't use um artificial sweeteners lost their edge slower so again what do i got to do more nutrition books there's one coming up in november eat real food ended the chapter on one of my favorite studies you always wonder when you're in front of a crowd who's really getting it At the University of Oregon, they took a room full of kids with cartoons. They were playing it, you know, in front of a two-sided mirror, watching the kid. And in one of the control groups, they pumped in a laugh track. Nick, a control group is one that doesn't have the... I fucking know. Get with the program. In one of the rooms, they were pumping in the laughs. And he's going, these kids are relying on System 1. They need a cue to be told what's funny. And then System (laughs) 2... It's the best example for the first chapter. Laughter can be impulsive or a catalyst. 
System 1 and 2. Don't be afraid to be the first one on the dance floor. Chapter 2, The Associative Machine. He started this one. Decent quote, System 1 recognizes the juxtaposition of the two words which are uncommon, and System 2 creates a temporal sequence of the two words. You ever hear of these creativity tests that give you two words? Banana, vomit, and you have to, how do these words connect? I ate a banana that made me vomit. This is called associative activation. Like you could trigger the in-between of the two systems. Every single Friday, I pull up a random word generator. And then I go to a random picture generator. you got to confuse this motherfucker. I need new stimuli. It might just be addict brain. But I think it... Otherwise, you'll just go stale. <laughs> Carl Jung would say, Your brain is subconsciously directing the trains of thought, man. Him and his subconscious shit. You can't control the trains... You're going to go off the rails on the crazy train, so you got to get off the train and learn how to conduct the carts. Researchers, they're calling this priming mechanisms. All the fucking fancy names. <laughs> it's called the Florida effect. This was a pretty cool part of the chapter. It's just another priming mechanism. If I say the word Florida, whoever I'm talking to is most likely going to bring the conversation back to beaches, meth, Florida man does this. Uh, you ever see that betting movie with Will Smith? They inundate this guy with the number seven. He goes to a football game, bets the over under seven or whatever it was. Like your subconscious is picking up on everything. You gotta intertune it. Or turn it off because you're gonna be vulnerable to propaganda in today's world. <laughs> it's a double-edged sword. In the year 2000, Arizona voters showed people voted more for school funding when polls were at the school. It's a priming mechanism. This one was giving people pie charts. And they were going, here, fill this out and tell us what you think it means to be successful. So a majority of people were like 80% hard work, 20% bitches and money. Holy crap! And then the actual successful people, he was saying, they left a large amount of the pie for recharging time. And it was only like 20%. But that's a fun fact. The people who aren't successful think it's just hard work. Yeah, he's going, 94% of experts agree with this. <laughs> who gives a fuck? You ever hear that thing where if you end the statistic in an even number, more people are likely to believe it? He tested this one. Again, in the University of Oregon, he gave celebrity dates of birth. And if you set an even date, people were more likely to believe it. <laughs> Quote, good feelings lead from intuition, which line up with deep thought. That intersection of system one and two seem more when someone's happy. Had they figured that out in Germany? Those angry engineers. Einstein coming up in a couple chapters. <laughs> Another quote, System 1 updates the model of your personal world based off of circumstance. Like animals. <laughs> it's stimuli. And then again, System 2 is about getting your timeline in order. Can you take yourself out of the moment and see if your current action is benefiting that timeline? And all of this doesn't matter unless you do. To know is nothing unless you do. I don't think anyone said that. <laughs> Daniel, he had a story about his neighbor, John. 
He went to vacation on Hawaii, and his neighbor John was at the resort. Pretty small odds, right? A couple months later, he goes to some British playhouse, and then John is there again. The second time, even though the odds are incalculably smaller, he wasn't surprised. Hmm. Even though the second time the odds are less, you're like, okay, I've seen this before. It's like when you get in a car breakdown. I've had cars shut down on me on the highway. The second time it happens, you turn into a NASCAR pilot. Just go into the right lane expecting a pit stop. I fumbled so many words there. Situations like the neighbor, it's the illusion of causality. Like, (laughs) we don't know how to measure what these forces are. The only way for me to end the chapter, bro, next time you trip, ask yourself this. Do you believe in coincidences? Chapter 3, Conclusion Jumper. His whole point here is the brain needs to jump to conclusions to save time and energy. If you had to think every single thing through, you'd never act. What sucks is even though someone has the wrong information, their brain is going to jump to a conclusion. You got to verify all your information. Back to chapter one. It's so hard to unlearn. That's, again, I think I've said this, but unlearning is so, that's what really learning is. And he keeps going, the more fatigued you are, the more system one jumps to conclusion. We're tired. I'm sorry, Daniel. (laughs) He's calling this the halo effect. And then he fucking runs to the hills with this, you don't know God is real. It's jumping to conclusions with system one. Okay, you atheist depressed British. (laughs) He says you become blind to negative attributes when putting someone or something on a pedestal. Chicks do this. Let's take it out of religion because we still have a 90% male audience. (laughs) Oh my god, he's the best boyfriend ever. He was so using me. One's positive, one's negative. The chick brain is system one. It's built to categorize and dismiss. Never let a girl do your thinking. What's the best girl thinker out there? I don't even know one. James Sarecki wrote a book, The Wisdom of Crowds. Heard of it before. And it's all about the halo effect in that book. Yeah, the cheerleader effect. Girls are hot when they wear the same thing. The greatest generation. (laughs) You mean the ones who inflated the social security bubble? dismantled the housing market, raised their kids on fast food. It's the halo effect. We put things in a better light. I got one year to make it to the 27 club. (laughs) Gotta stop joking about that. Except we got more books on the theme coming. Mid-chapter, we could sum it up. The whole process of learning how to think, it's called heuristics. You gotta go deep philosophy to get into that. It comes from the root word Eureka. That's Einstein's catchphrase. Eureka! Eureka! Ow, that was worth it. I'm going to do it again. Einstein. He didn't know how to articulate convergent system one and two. He literally called it a brain blast. That's that whole Jimmy Neutron shit, bro. After Einstein, people took his brain. 
And the guy that stole it, they found out that your prefrontal cortex, it never stops developing. And other brains, like squirrels, chipmunks, they're stuck in the cerebellum. Our prefrontal, you could develop that thing your whole damn life. We're Play-Doh. Yeah, bro, that's why humans rule. I'm saying the first thing you have to learn, but then you have to use the information to change your environment. Otherwise, you're just an animal. Einstein goes, imagination is more important than information. Who cares? Computers have information. What are you going to do with it? Einstein's fucking trippy. I think they just blew up his name so that they had someone to blame the bomb on. (laughs) It was actually that other Viner guy. The one that said, I've become death, the destroyer of world. They just blamed the Manhattan Project on Einstein. My favorite quote, this one gets me hard by him. I can is a hundred times more powerful than IQ. I can is greater than IQ. Boom! You never need another quote. Smarts. Get some willpower, son. He had the most dense prefrontal cortex ever. This guy just kept packing that fuck with knowledge. Anybody can do it. Your brain is built for heuristics. It's a learning machine. His death made us think. That's the best gift. (laughs) His entire body of work is this book. If you can control that actionable part, you're going to win. I can, baby. Fuck the conclusion jumper. Take control. I can. Chapter 4, Availability. Going quick with this one. It wasn't that good of a book. It's your run-of-the-mill academics theory on the brain. We're making some connections, though. Some more Stein. Education is not the learning of facts. It's rather the training of the mind to think. (sighs) You can never fill your brain with all of the right facts and then just be done. Well, I know the orientation of the world. Hmm? Being smart is about having the best brain, not having the best facts. So you'll never have the one quote or the one tweet that makes you the best academic. It's just having the brain that can have the best conversations. You know what I'm saying? I don't know, man. He's saying it like if you empty your mind of fucking stress of misinformation, you gain 50 IQ points. Availability. It's going to be the shortest chapter. We're just reiterating. And it's frustrating because we don't have time. Daniel's saying the lowest rates of kidney cancer is found in rural areas. This was a whole thing in the book. You're supposed to make a snap judgment. Oh, the rural, it's because they're drinking Budweiser out in the country. This book is outdated. I don't give a fuck about his little left-right English paradigm. Get bigger picture. You're pinholed on Britain. The progressive left. How progressive are you when I put my dick in a mouse trap? <laughs> yeah, this book is outdated. Have you ever heard this one? Rural Americans eat a credit card worth of microplastic every week. A week. A credit card. All this, like, glyphosate they inhale near the factory. I'm sure the city people eat that much, too. We're eating credit cards out here. This chapter sucks. <laughs> The Science of Availability. Daniel said in 1971 was his most productive year. Oregon research had the biggest come up. 
availability heuristics. They found out that adult divorce post-60s skyrocketed. And they're going, okay, well, it's going to balance out. It just kept increasing. Just take a minute on that. My point here is, like, don't believe me. I don't Take a week off if you need to. We're learning. There's no universals in statistics. He, that's what he's looking for. He's a statistician, sociologist. People are a Pandora's box. We're unpredictable. We got divorces and we kept getting divorces. Some people are going to say, yeah, I'll have five more wives. And some people are scared out of marriage forever. You're not going to explain it with numbers, my guy. <laughs> the availability bias. You're biased for living in Britain, chap. <laughs> you could see his, in, like, you're, he's right. Your entire life feeds into your heuristics. I don't know. We're getting hit with propaganda, so none of this is admissible in the court of the lab. Mental availability. Make yourself more time. Let's go to chapter five, the final one. Less is more. Quote, logicians and statisticians trying to program algorithms to decide on ambiguous things always come back to having a precise definition of what they're trying to measure. Science. It's all about measuring stuff. We need to start teaching kids arithmetic. He had the most controversial study in the book here. Dan and Amos, they make up this pretend Jane Doe. It was the 1980s, they're saying, she's a social justice denuclear Santa Barbara woman. And they go, where do you think she is now? This is just a game that you play with Facebook now. Where are they? They had two options. One was a bank teller. The second was a feminist bank teller. And they all chose feminist. So he's going, this is system one. Everyone's making a snap judgment. Why did they narrow it down to that much? Is <laughs> multiple choice you can make anybody choose anything this is kind of dumb the only conclusion you could draw we have that degree of randomness dude nobody knows where linda is she probably stormed the capital you heard in today's show i'm a weirdo experimenter that was the best part of this book i'm trying to quantify randomness in my life i think it's something that you can invite in you've heard of this app randonautica you reap what you sow. If you go out seeking randomness, that's what you're going to find. Owls, that's the sign of random. You're going to go out and find a fucking owl. We're going totally anti-science because this guy is boring. Never going to quantify this to a decimal. Quote, Regression to mean exists in average IQ of couples. High intelligent women usually marry less intelligent men. It is rare that you have two smart people married. I don't have any interpretation there. <laughs> he had this academic buddy, Meal. He published this book called My Disturbing Little Book. Meal's big quote was, Intuitive skill is learned through experience, resulting in varying amounts of concentration. <laughs> and in this one, short and sweet. I got this book volunteering at Goodwill that we get all the free books coming in. So I just skimmed this one off the top. Use your brain, people. Try to rando knot. You can learn anything from anywhere. It doesn't have to be books. <laughs> Find the system that helps you grow the most efficiently. That heuristic engine is waiting to be tapped. Ladies and gentlemen, that was 
thinking fast and slow. I'm going to slow it down for the YouTubers on the outro. I love you guys. You think I'm fucking slowing down the shows because I hate you or something? <laughs> There's no animosity here. I'm trying to not waste your time. That's the cardinal rule of YouTube. Thinking fast and slow. Don't waste people's time. Next week on the show, we have got... <laughs> irresistible. This one is going to be a must-see. There is a third system in your brain. It's called the technocracy, baby. We're going all into the future. Future takes. I'll stretch this one out. Is technology making us smarter or dumber? Or both? Find out next week. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here. We're keeping this thing going. There's no end in sight. We'll get a random soundboard effect to take us home. Sets me their We taking souls out here. Nick Muniz signing off. Harry Schwant on Instagram. Patreon.com slash niche. Thank you guys once again for tuning in. See you all real soon. Peace.